Hey people, what's going on? It's your boy Mario of Woke Up A Rebel, and I'm bringing you a new episode of Revelations Podcast. And today is going to be episode number 17. So before we get into the topic, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listening right now. Thank you to everybody who shared the podcast. Thank you to everybody who's listened to the previous episodes. Truly appreciate the feedback that I've been getting. It's it's honestly an honor that you've taken time out of your day to to listen to what I have to say, right? So it's pretty cool and truly, truly appreciate it. You know, you make it feel like it's worth it. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, we get all of these different thoughts in our heads, like ideas, like, or, you know, we start pondering about what was this artist thinking about? Or, you know, maybe you want to learn something about a particular time in music history and urban music history. And when I say urban music, I mean reggaeton, dance hall, Latin trap, hip hop, you know, like everything that's considered, I guess you can say street, not just that, but also salsa, bachata, merengue, you know, even Afro beats. I'm a piano, like we get into it. Like we, we just talk about all music topics here, right? So I just want to say once again, thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who follows the Woke Up A Rebel brand on Instagram at Woke Up A Rebel. And when I say us, I mean Jungle Royalty, aka Aisha and myself, right? We are a DJ and producer duo uh, based out of Toronto, right? So Aisha couldn't be here with us on the podcast. You know, like for the most part, it's going to be me hosting it. And once in a while, you know, when Aisha is able to drop in, she will. And trust me, you should listen to some of the previous episodes where she's in it. You know, she drops some gems, you know, so make sure that uh, you continue listening because you never know when you'll have a surprise uh, visit from her, right? All right, so let's get right into the topic. Should anyone be able to own a drum pattern? Right, so I'll get into the details of what that means in a bit, but I would like for you to take some time to go over to wokeuparebel.com. And when you look at the top menu, you'll see where it says Woke Up A Rebel Newsletter. If you hover your cursor over it, you can just click on it and it'll immediately take you over to our blog page. And the blog page is where I write the newsletters. Now, if you're subscribed to our newsletter, you will get it in your inbox every Monday, right? But if not, if you're not subscribed, that's fine. We would love for you to subscribe because you'll, you'll get more information, you'll get more exclusive content on there, right? Including artist spotlight reviews, music um, singles, albums, EP reviews, right? And, you know, I do my best to not be biased when I'm reviewing music. I especially prioritize Toronto talent. So if you are a Toronto artist and would like to have your song or album or project reviewed um, by me for the newsletter, then by all means, send me a link. Uh, you could either send it by email at info at wokeuparebel.com or you can send a DM on Instagram at wokeuparebel. And if uh, you know you want to listen to this and watch with some visuals on YouTube, you can subscribe to our channel and you literally actually have to put in the at symbol at wokeuparebeltv. So youtube.com slash at wokeuparebeltv. And if you want to save yourself from the hassle, you can find all of this on our website, www.wokeuparebel.com or just hit the link in our bio on our Instagram or Twitter or TikTok, all with the same handle at Woke Up a Rebel. So before we get into the topic, I just want to pay my respects, you know, and you know, say a rest in power to one of the founding members of the hip hop group De La Soul. You know, the man David J. Rest in peace, brother. Like honestly, De La Soul, if you have no idea who they are, please take some time out, go on YouTube and check out some of their music. Like I absolutely loved um, some of their music, like not everything, you know what I mean? It's not from my era necessarily, but trust me, I could appreciate De La Soul. They, they were amazing, you know what I mean? And 
my favorite song from De La Soul would have to be uh, Ooh, The Land of Ooh. And that's featuring Redman. And the music video is really dope, right? It's, um, you can watch it on YouTube. And Dave Chappelle's in the music video, Rod Digger from Flip Mode Squad. And Flip Mode Squad is uh, Busta Rhymes' uh, crew, right? So Rod Digger was in that. And yeah, it's, it's a very interesting music video. It had a Wizard of Oz theme. Right, so it's really cool, and you know, this also comes right after De La Soul uh, were able to now have their music added to streaming platforms, right? Because they fixed all of their issues that they were having with their original label that they were on, Tommy Boy Records. It was a major nasty issue that was going on, and and it was a lesson to teach, you know current artists you know like we can learn from the mistakes of the past artists you know like read your paperwork right read your contracts right otherwise you're gonna have to you know fight for your life for your work for your art but thankfully you know david was able to um live to he was able to live to see you know his you know music finally belonged to him again and his crew and they were able to you know now slowly start adding it to streaming platforms and if i'm not mistaken all of their music will be added to all the streaming platforms as of march if i'm not mistaken so stay tuned for that looking look look out for de la soul get those streams up you know and once again rest in peace to david J. and respects to the family and the fans i know i there's a lot of diehard fans you know that i know personally so you know i feel for you you know so rest in peace brother right so we're gonna get into the topic now should anyone be able to own a drum pattern Right. If you would like to follow along, once again, head over to the website wokeuparebel.com. Click on Woke Up a Rebel newsletter, and you can find the blogs there or slash the newsletter. Right. And you can read along. Like what I'm actually doing is I write the newsletter, I release it on Monday, send it out to everybody in our email list. You can subscribe to it if you hover over the Woke Up a Rebel um, heading on our website and. There's a little drop-down menu, and it'll ask, it'll take you to the subscribe page, right? And it's a very quick thing. You know, we'll never share your data. We'll never share your email address. You know, this. You know, we just want to add you to our family, our woke up, our rebel family. Cool, right? So, <clears throat> here's a quote that I found while I was doing research for this, and the uh, and the topic about should anyone be able to own a drum pattern came up because there's a couple of legendary dance hall music producers who are basically suing the entire genre of reggaeton it sounds crazy right but i'll get into it in detail right so here's a quote that i found now that you know the at least the context that we're talking about dance hall versus reggaeton in court right now and here's a quote that i found these guys are making money from our music reggaeton was made from a jamaican single dembo every rhythm in reggaeton is the same drum pattern of dembo and we never hear that anybody collect royalty from that yet and this is from with an inter, from an interview with a producer called Ninety, a Jamaican producer called Ninety. I start off by you know, and mind you, these are just my thoughts. So please, you know, don't come for me. If you have an opinion, you know, like respectfully share your opinion. You know, if you're reading, uh, listening to this on YouTube, you can join, leave a comment, and uh, you know, I would love to hear your feedback. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then please also hit me up on DM or send me an email and let me know what you thought of it. Right? So it starts off by saying, uh, despite the fact that rhythms, frequencies, and vibrations are global languages, we have nonetheless discovered a method to claim ownership of them through numerous copyrights and laws. Drums are the most frequent instrument used in the majority of modern popular music. 
The majority of today's international genres are powered by drums. What would happen if someone were to claim ownership of a drum pattern in the context of the millions of songs that are played every day? Who could employ that specific rhythm if that person or those people were to come to become the gatekeepers? Would that create a standard for other genres to follow? Basically, what that means is like if somebody were to win a court case that I can own, I own this drum pattern. You have to pay me royalties. You're basically you if you make a reggaeton beat, you have to pay somebody you have to ask for permission if you could even release that song right and that would set a weird precedent in the world you know for people to be able to claim certain parts of music and they become the people who based on their taste if that's you know they can decide if that song will be released or not right so the inspiration behind this blog is the lawsuit that was brought forward by jamaican music production legends steely and clevy since steely passed away in 2009 it is the estate of steely who is participating in the lawsuit according to dancehall mag where i got all of this most of this information from the claim is that the reggaeton genre has single-handedly hijacked the original production of the rhythm called fish market which is also similar to a production called poco man jam it became internationally popular when it was used for Shabba Ranks' song, Dembo, right? Interesting, right? So basically, the estate of Steely and Clevy, right, legendary dancehall producers, are suing a whole bunch of reggaeton producers and a whole bunch of reggaeton artists, right? It's claiming that they owe them some royalties, right? So the law firm of Doniger and Burroughs is representing... Cleveland Brown, a.k.a. Cleveland, and the Wycliffe Johnson, a.k.a. Steely Estate. The lawsuit claims that Puerto Rican singer Luis Fonsi has songs that infringe the production duo's intellectual property rights for their fish market rhythm. In describing the fish market beat, the lawsuit states that, among other things, the rhythm is an original work, including an original drum pattern that gives it a unique sound that differentiates it from prior works and includes the combination of instruments, including a programmed kick, snare and hi-hat playing a one bar pattern as well as a tambourine playing through the entire bar supporting the case with transcripts of the instrumentals of fish market and fonsi songs the lawsuit said that the rhythm sections of despacito despacito remix with justin bieber and the other songs copied original elements of the fish market rhythm section including its original combination of drum and bass patterns and in quotes the musical backbone of Despacito and the Despacito remix are substantially similar, if not virtually identical, to a significant portion of Fish Market, it said. Crazy, right? And it's funny, right? Did you hear which name I mentioned? Luis Fonsi? Like, out of everybody, they're coming after Luis Fonsi. Luis Fonsi is not even a reggaeton artist. He's a pop art, Latin pop artist, who just happened to have made a pop song over a reggaeton beat with Daddy Yankee. So... They're coming after Luis Fonsi mainly because Despacito has, if I'm not mistaken, the highest streams for anybody on YouTube views. So obviously they're going to come after him because he's the one who did it the biggest. He's the biggest artist that that made that sound, uh, that made, I guess, money from that sound. So these guys feel like, okay, it's time to come for our money. So let's continue reading. In response to this, Fonsi's lawyer said that the defendants deny knowledge or information so, or information is insufficient to respond to the allegations, except deny that all or any portion of the reference composition and or sound recording fish market is original or protectable and maintain that, the no, that no response is required to the extent that the paragraph purports to state any conclusions of law. In their defense, Fonsi's attorneys also argue that allegedly copied portions of the works 
at issue are neither original nor a protectable expression of an idea. Any allegedly copied portions of the works at issue lie in the public domain. Also featured with Fonsi among the defendants are his label Universal Music Publishing and Warner Music. Just to mention some of the names of the the people or entities that are being, you know, cl- uh, brought forward and you know named in the lawsuit are Universal Music Latin Entertainment, Sony ATV Music Publishing and others, El Chombo, Looney Tunes, Mike Towers, Osuna, Nicky Jam, Sebastian Yatra, Farruko, and Rao Alejandro were also mentioned in the claim. Lastly, Daddy Yankee makes up the final accused group with drum roll please. Over 40 songs included in the lawsuit. All the underlying songs allegedly used the fish market rhythm copyright, including chart toppers like Rompe, Dura, Gasolina, and Hula Hoop. Yankees, many collaborators like Anuel AA, Yandel, Sech, Tiny, Osuna, and Wisin are also named in the suit. The plaintiffs explained in the lawsuit that they believe and now allege that defendants knowingly induced participated in, aided and abetted in, and profited from the illegal reproduction, distribution, and publication of the infringing works. Right, so let's get into a little bit, you know, like, where does the dembo come from, right? Like this particular drum beat, well, the fish market beat, but it became popular when Shabba Ranks did dembo, right? So throughout the 90s, so throughout the 90s, the rhythm was heavily used not only by up-and-coming Spanish reggae and reggaeton artists and producers, but it was also used by various Jamaican artists as well, right? So quoting something else that I read, in outlining the trajectory which led to the use of the fish market rhythm by reggaeton artists, the lawsuit noted that in 1990, subsequent to the release and success of Shabba Ranks' Dembo, Dennis Halliburton, a.k.a. Dennis the Menace, replayed Dembo's instrumental in creating a sound recording of an instrumental that was used to record a Spanish-language cover version of Dembo entitled Eos Benia. The rhythm was released in 1990 and featured songs such as the title track Pokemon Jam by Gregory Peck, Father Crab by Johnny P, Tie Me Down by Floor God, Trailer Load of Girls, Trailer Load of Girls by Shabba Ranks, and Demfi Dead by Papa San. Other songs were preceded. Other songs were preceded Gal by Mega Banton, Gal You Look Good by Admiral Bailey, Bad Mind by Red Dragon, and Stamina Body by Mega Banton. The complaint states further that Steely and Clevy wrote and recorded the instrumental song entitled Fish Market and the recording and composition for the song are registered with the United States Copyright Office, right? So if that's a fact, then, you know, that's that's sticking. The complaint also pointed out that Fish Market Rhythm's drum pattern is the foundation for all the beats of the reggaeton genre, which was initially known as Dembo after Shabba's hit track, which featured on the rhythm. The complaint also pointed out that Fish Market Rhythm's pat- drum pattern is the foundation for all the beats of the reggaeton genre, which was initially known as Dembo after Shaba's hit track which featured on the rhythm. In 1990, Mr. Brown and Mr. Johnson co-authored the song titled Dembo, roughly They Bow in English with Shaba Ranks. Dembo was a massive club hit and garnered worldwide acclaim in the international reggae dance hall scene. Dembo's instrumental, which is an alternative mix of Fish Market based on the same multi-track recording, is iconic and has been acknowledged as foundational to reggaeton music, it said. Right, so this is when I began to consider Should anyone be able to own a drum pattern? Right, that's the query that I pose. What would happen if someone decided to claim ownership of house music, salsa, merengue, cumbia, and hip-hop? Right, they all significantly use the same percussion. They all significantly use, utilize the same percussion patterns. Within their respective genres. So, what if someone claimed to have created the clave, right, that we used in salsa music? Imagine that. Imagine if somebody could own the clave and decide what salsa songs can come out, what and what what cannot be released using the clave. 
What would occur if they were granted the authority to choose who employs such drum patterns if they prevailed in court? Right? That, in my opinion, would put an end to the freedom of expression in music. Imagine if you had to run your tracks by an entity or a person who gets to decide if you can release a song using their drum pattern. What if someone claimed the boom bap drum pattern? Hip-hop would have never blown up to the global status that it's in, right? If someone was the gatekeeper of that particular beat, right? So this is a clip from an interview with The Observer, right? A Jamaican uh, media outlet. As far back as 2013, veteran music producer Winston Niney Holness had expressed grave concern that Spanish artists were guilty of infringing on the work of Jamaican artists and producers. These guys are making money from our music. Reggaeton was made from a Jamaican single, Dembo. Every rhythm in reggaeton is the same drum pattern of Dembo, and we never hear that nobody collect royalty from that yet, Naini had told the Gleaner in an interview. So these people make an entire genre from reggae music and get the major endorsements while we don't get much from our property, the producer, who is also known as Naini, the Observer said. Naini had also pointed, he said, Spanish musicians were recording Jamaican songs in Spanish without the consent of the original artist while, playing, while paying no copyright fees, thus continuing the practice of the international community robbing the profits of reggae music. When we make songs, Spanish people take it and sing it differently. And we don't speak Spanish, so we don't realize. Because of that, the Spanish artists don't pay us royalties and it slips right under our noses. I think the Spanish owe reggae music millions of dollars right now. Songs like Murder, She Wrote is in Spanish right now. And I don't even think Sly and Robbie know, Naini had said. Right, so when he says Spanish, he is actually referring to Latinos, right? Not necessarily. But hey, even Spaniards are doing reggaeton now, right? We look at Rosalia, for example, right? So I continue saying, you know, like there's there's a lot to this, you know, and uh, there's a lot of money involved in this. And the particular law firm that is representing Steely and Clevy, they specialize in copyright cases. And so far, they've won 14 of their 14 last copyright infringement uh, cases and have recovered over $100 million for their clients. The duo, right, and in this case, Steely and Clevy, would go on to co-author Shabarank's classic Dembo using the same beat. That song, which was a bit of a remix of The Fish Market, was produced by Bobby Digital, but is widely regarded as the foundation of the entire reggaeton genre of music across Latin America. The track was a huge hit in the 90s and is still being played in dancehall sessions currently. So for me, this is significant, right? That because when I was a teen, I believed that reggaeton musicians were actually, you know, given permission to sample these rhythms, right? Uh, that appears clearly not to have been the case. I foolishly believe that some of the beats I... Okay, and this is a funny one, okay? Like, I actually wrote this, but... I foolishly believe that some of the beats that I heard in reggaeton were original. Songs such as Say Ho by Yandel, right? It's a song produced by Looney Tunes, but they sampled the movie star rhythm. And I just... I wasn't that educated with dancehall music you know in my teen years i was listening to reggaeton every day right so i didn't know that looney tunes had to sample the movie star rhythm right and uh, if you don't know what the movie star rhythm is that is actually the rhythm that was used for uh bonafide love buju banton and wayne wonder right so anyways let's keep it going uh Nehu y Dalmata, you know, they are a reggaeton duo, right? And they sampled Gregory Isaac's uh, Night Nurse for a, an old, old song. Like, you can't even find it anyway. You can only find it on YouTube. It's called La Nena Que Yo Quiero Pa' Mi. Right? I thought that was an original beat, you know, made back then. But, really, you know, I learned. And now, Night Nurse is my favorite reggae song, like, of all time. I love that song. I can listen to it all day long. Right? So, over the years, reggaeton artists have been accused 
of hijacking one of the most important beats that formed the fundamentals of dancehall music. I'm gonna share a little clip of the Dembo beat, you know, that we know it as, to, we know it today in reggaeton. And honestly, I can listen to this drum beat all day long. And I used to think, you know, Latinos invented this, but foolish me once again, right? So in an interview with The Breakfast Club earlier this year, Shaggy, right, the dancehall artist, you know, went pop as well, Shaggy. He weighed in on the issue and pointed out that reggaeton, a billion-dollar music industry, is still using the same beat as Dembo today. So reggaeton, which comes from dancehall, is a billion-dollar industry genre. They're still on that dancehall beat, Shaggy said. The beat itself, the reggaeton beat itself, is called Dembo. It comes from Shabba Ranks' Dembo. They're still on that, and it's a billion-dollar genre. Daddy Yankee is a Puerto Rican artist who is credited as the king of reggaeton and the person who originally coined the name reggaeton in 1994 when the genre was just starting to take shape. Perhaps there would be no reggaeton if it wasn't for Daddy Yankee and other early adopters who took elements from dancehall and hip-hop music and fused together to make the Spanish language genre. Right, so reggaeton's response. So how about the defendants? Well, that's a whole other story, and it's seemingly bringing the entire reggaeton genre under fire. Court documents divide the accused into three categories, El Chombo, Luis Fonsi, and Daddy Yankee. For one, the plaintiffs are suing Panamanian reggaetonero El Chombo for his alleged use of fish market in his hit, Dame Tu Cosita. And obviously it became even more popular after it was uh, sampled again, right? Recently in the last few years by Pitbull, right? So while I did my research for this blog, I came across some information in a music forum online, right? So what the fans were talking about in there were they can't claim the rhythmic pattern of a whole genre, right? It is like someone's, and when they say they, they mean, you know, Stevie and Clevy. This is a crazy lawsuit that I'm fairly confident doesn't have a leg to stand on. But the precedent that it would set if it were successful would have ripple effects. And not just through dancehall, but through basically all of reggae, all of reggae, rocksteady, ska, and then probably beyond if any artists or labels were feeling particularly vindictive. There was a similar case around the Amen Break sample that's central to drum and bass, jungle, breakbeat, frankly, electronic music in general at this point. But even that was around a recorded sample being reused without permission, not a drum pattern like the Fish Market Dembo example. Dance Hall in particular is a very strange genre to attempt a lawsuit like this because the entire history of, of reggae is built on dub plates, DJing, remixing, etc. right from the very beginning. The suit covers over 50 songs from as early as 1995 and as late as 2021, with at least 22 billion combined views on YouTube, right? So obviously, um, they're going to try to come for some money, right? Over 22 billion views, right, with these 50 songs in particular that are brought into the lawsuit, right? A common statistic that gets thrown around is that they produced literally half of all the hit songs in Jamaica during a five-year span in the late 80s and 90s. The Guardian's obituary of Steely even inflates that number up to 75%. Copyright law in the U.S. for music has separate components for the composition of a song and for a specific recording of a performance of that song. Modern digital production techniques, which were popularized by people like Steely and Clevy in the first place, have blurred the lines between the two. But the distinction matters for things like sampling law. It's particularly relevant here because the lawsuit is primarily based on the composition of the songs and not the sampling of any audio Stevie and Clevy ever produced. On top of the Dembo fish market confusion, the actual source of the iconic reggaeton drums that everyone samples from is a completely different track known as Pounder. The lawsuit acknowledges this, but their logic is that because Pounder was a remake of Fish Market, they can use people sampling Pounder as actual evidence that Fish Market's copyright was violated. However, Pounder itself is not actually one of the songs being accused of copyright violation. The name of its producer, Dennis the Menace Halliburton, is only mentioned twice in the entire 82-page consolidated complaint. The Tom in Date La Vuelta, right, which I believe is a Luis Fonsi track, plays the exact 
downbeat pattern as Fish Market, with emphasis on beat 1 and 3 and shares the unique sonic character of the tom sound found in the pounder rhythm, indicating that the tom sound was sampled from the pounder rhythm. Right, so it's very interesting, right, that they're only coming after reggaeton artists, but there's other, you know, Jamaican dancehall artists that have used their beats as well, but they're not going after them. And I guess it's probably because they they were also screwed over just like them, just like stealing Clevy, right? So why would they go after them? They're not really reaping the financial benefits of it either, right? Right. So going back to what is in the actual lawsuit, it says that the baseline played on Shaky Shaky by Daddy Yankee copies the tone and minimalist structure of that played in Fish Market. However, anyone who's even a little bit familiar with the 90s dance hall will instantly recognize the song being referenced by the baseline is Chaka Demis and Plyer's song Murder She Wrote. That's the song that Daddy Yankee was sampling in there. In addition to clearly being the inspiration for the baseline, Murder She Wrote has almost the exact same kick snare pattern that's constantly being referenced in this lawsuit. It also has 100 million views on YouTube and was ranked to the number two dance hall song of all time by Pitchfork and it has its own Wikipedia page that says this. Sampling-wise, the song was included in Billboard's list of the best interpolations of the 21st century, having been interpolated in Omarion's song Post to Be and in XXL's list of the most iconic reggae samples in hip-hop. Being sampled in French Montana's Freaks, the song was also interpolated in Pitbull's Taxi and Jason Derulo's Too Hot and in the remix version of Black Eyed Peas' Ritmo featuring Jaden Smith, as well as having been sampled and interpolated in many other songs. Interestingly enough, the existence of this extremely famous and influential song with a nearly identical drum beat was not mentioned at all in the lawsuit against Shaky Shaky, nor is it being sued for violating the copyright of Fish Market. So something that also came to mind for me is, could it be compared to inventing a new dance? You know, like if, you know, teach me how to Dougie, like we know how to come where that comes from, right? But could you actually claim it like... I don't know, like legally sue somebody for doing your dance or, you know, and getting famous from doing that dance. They just did it a little better than you, maybe the original dance, like person that invented the dance. I don't know. It's sticky, right? Claiming a dance and being able to copyright it, I guess. Or I don't know. I don't know. That would be a messy situation, right? I feel like this is something similar to that, right? So imagine claiming the, the salsa fundamentals, right? Like I invented salsa, so I should get paid every time somebody dances on a youtube video or in a music video or something if you're making an instructional video should the original estate of who invented the salsa dance moves get a percentage in royalties from you dancing their dance right so with all this said now that you have an idea of what has been going on i'm going to share my thoughts what i find interesting is that it seems as though steely and clevy's estates decided to come for reggaeton as a whole once it really blew up it's been over 30 years and now is when they're really coming for the reggaeton artists and producers it's also worth mentioning that they could have gone after anyone but they went after luis fonsi right who's not even at any capacity considered a reggaeton artist he's a pop artist who happens to make some bubbly reggaeton music at times but he is the target since it's his video and song for despacito that's broken streaming and viewing records worldwide i do believe that if there is a way for people to be compensated then they should be right that's my honest opinion after all without them the fish market rhythm would have never happened and without fish market we would have never had the pounder rhythm Without Pounder, we would never have reggaeton as we know it. Right? So those are my thoughts. That's the information that I put together, that uh, excerpts that I got from articles, you know, from people that are more 
educated on the topic and I just put you know a lot of my thoughts in there. If you enjoyed listening to this, you could go ahead and read the actual newsletter that I wrote in relation to this at wokeuparebel.com and just click on the Woke Up a Rebel newsletter uh, menu option. All the sources from this podcast episode are listed there in the newsletter right at the very bottom. If you want to check those out, read those articles, read the actual lawsuit. Um, it's actually linked there as well, the actual lawsuit. I put it there. Thanks, courtesy of Dance Hall Mag. Right. So thank you so much for being here with me and listening to this. Uh, share your thoughts. You know, Share your thoughts in the comment section on YouTube of what your thoughts are on this. Do you think that Steely and Clevy have a case here? Do you think they're going to win this? And if they do win, what's going to happen with reggaeton? Like all of these reggaeton songs are just going to have to pay back millions, probably billions in royalties to the estate of Steely and Clevy's family, right? So thank you so much. Leave a comment in the comment box. Please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Revelations Podcast by Woke Up a Rebel. Also on Apple Podcasts, Revelations Podcast. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Woke Up a Rebel TV, right? Thank you so much. And yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. Coming to you next week. And yeah, please share this with somebody if you feel like they will actually enjoy listening to some information about, you know, dance hall and reggaeton, you know, the feud that's going on right now in the court. And yeah, thank you for listening to me. Once again, please make sure you follow, listen to and follow the Woke Up a Rebel playlist on Spotify. If you're an artist or have an artist friend and you think their music is really dope and should be exposed to a larger audience, send their music our way. Send us your Spotify links. DM it to us on Instagram at Woke Up a Rebel. And if we're bumping, if we're feeling it, we might even write a review for the newsletter. Right? So, so yeah, that's it. Take care. Peace out, people.